Welcome to the Journal Hijabi podcast. I'm your host, Sirin, and here we're all about elevating the voices of hijabi women in mainstream media through authentic storytelling. Without further ado, let's begin the episode. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juvederm.com. She thought that my dad was my husband. And her exact words were, I swear, she said, Oh, I'm sorry. It's just that I thought that girls that look like you are usually married young and have kids. And in my mind, I was like, Oh my God. I'm Serene Cotter, host of the Journal Hijabi podcast. I created this platform to further strengthen our bond with the hijab. Journal Hijabi is a space where women can authentically and fearlessly be themselves. Join in on our weekly conversations with different hijabis where we discuss the stories of each hijabi and dive deep into the meaning behind it. You can support this podcast by simply leaving an honest review and sharing it with the people you know would love it. Let's begin. Welcome back to Journal Hijabi. For this week's episode, I got to be a guest on the Amplify podcast hosted by Summer El Khodari. We talked about marginalized communities, why I don't like the word minority, the fashion industry, crazy hijab stories, and more about the story of why I created Journal Hijabi. Tune in to listen to my conversation with Summer El Khodari and be sure to check out her podcast as well. 
Thank you so much for being on. I, I was so excited to connect with a fellow hijabi podcaster, and I felt like this is what we should do. We should just host a podcast together and kind of learn a little bit more about your story. Can you share at least one example of what you consider like a positive and negative representation of minorities and people of diverse backgrounds? A positive representation of minorities, I would say... Well, first, I just want to mention that I personally never really liked the term minority because I just see it as a bit downgrading. And like when you call yourself a minority, then you're just going to feel like a minority. And when specifically thinking of the religion of Islam, there's 1.9 billion people. And so I just wanted to give that perspective and that's not to discount the people who are minorities but I'm just saying that I don't want that word to kind of put people in a box and make them feel like they're less than. A positive representation I would say is okay so the first time I personally saw hijabis being talked about in a magazine article was in Allure. I loved reading about them being interviewed and represented in a well-known American women's magazine. And also, I would like to say that another positive representation of minorities that I had in mind is minorities representing themselves. I mean, the minorities who start their own small businesses, their own clothing line, um, their own podcasts, and like many more, they get to choose to be represented work towards putting that positive image of themselves and putting in work and I just admire that. For the negative part I would say anytime a minority isn't really given the chance or opportunity to represent themselves in their own way it can kind of turn negative. Like for example in recent fashion shows there was a trend of the models wearing the headscarf or wrapping something around their head and it's just like I as a hijabi like I wear this every day and it's part of my religion so why do I get this completely different experience of wearing it and become represented in a negative way while the models and designers get to be glorified and cheered on yeah that's definitely interesting I didn't really think of the terms minority as being negative but after hearing your stance about it it makes me think a little bit more cautiously of maybe other people's perceptions of of the term minority and maybe how it could be spinned in a more negative light. So do you know like what kinds of misunderstandings and misrepresentations have you seen or been affected by as a result of other people's exposures to these representations? A misunderstanding I've seen is a hijabi being perceived in a way that is totally opposite than the way she really is because of the way she's represented in the mainstream media. I have many examples in college or in public where people already have made an assumption about me because I'm wearing the hijab. Oh my god, I have this perfect example that I just remembered just now. And it might sound a little crazy, but a while ago, I went to the doctor's office and I went with my dad. And when we got into the patient room, the nurse came in and saw us and she was asking us all the questions and stuff. And then in the middle of something, she started like kind of assuming and asking me. She was she was asking me about like when's the last time I was on my period. 
And it took me a while to remember. And so when I was kind of like not giving her an answer, she was like, okay, um, you know, this girl is probably pregnant and whatever. And so like, keep in mind that my dad's still in the room. But listen, she thought that my dad was my husband. And uh, like, oh my God, like after that, we were clearing it up for her that he was my dad. And her exact words were, I swear, she said, oh, I'm sorry. It's just that I thought that girls that look like you are usually married young and have kids. And in my mind, I was like, oh my God, like what is what did he was is happening and like why is she saying that and at that moment I was just kind of chuckling and saying like oh like no I'm just his daughter and I'm not married and I'm literally only 21 at that time and so I bring this up because this is an example of hijabis or Muslim women who were affected by this misrepresentation of Muslim women being oppressed or married at a young age and this is where the culture and religion kind of clash. Every Muslim woman's situation is different. And it is so not okay to be exposed to this kind of representation. And I just know for a fact that this probably happened to many other hijabis. That they were out with their dad one day and someone just assumed for her to be married or be the mom because of the way that we're usually represented in the media or like in the political eye. And it's just an outdated, falsely oppressed image of hijabi woman that needs to stop like now. And that's specifically why I created my podcast, Journal Hijabi, so hijabis can come on and express their stories in their own words instead of having someone else say it for them. That's like amazing. I love that story. I was like laughing out loud as you were saying it because I mean, I've had similar experiences, but not with my dad, but with my brother. Oh my <laughs> like yeah. I'd be go I went out one time with my brother. We were getting blood drawn at the hospital and they just assumed that my brother was my husband and I was just <laughs> laughing out loud. I was like, uh, see because there's two young people here and I wear hijab doesn't necessarily mean I'm married, but <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And it's just like because I wear the hijab, like people automatically think I'm like way more mature than my age, that like I'm a mom and I have kids and this, this and that. And like it even happened in school like one time. I was standing outside and then one of like the principals was just standing and just kind of waiting for everyone to like get on the bus and stuff and so I was just standing there and she came and like stood next to me and I was like okay that's cool um and then she was just kind of like asking me like like grown-up questions like about like the kids and stuff and I literally felt like I was just having a conversation with the grown-up she was like oh wait I thought you were like someone's mom here like picking someone up so I was just like okay like uh the hijab like puts on 10 years or is it just what people are used to seeing online that hijabi women are like married young or kind of forced to like grow up fast and like raise a family and this this and that so I just 
like to share that example. Yeah, I think I totally agree. People think hijabis are definitely older than they than they're perceived. And I, even like examples, like I'm sure because you live in Texas, I live in Indiana, so it's kind of like I live in the Midwest, but like. It, like, I don't know if this is, like, a thing in Texas, but, like, anytime you ask, like, somebody at the grocery store or, like, something about, like, finding an item, they'll always address you as ma'am. So I always take that as, like, oh, they think I'm old, like, just because of the way I look. I don't know if that's a thing, like, in Texas or not. Yes, literally everywhere I go, it's, like, ma'am, ma'am, ma'am. And I'm, like, <laughs> okay. It's, like, how old do you guys think I am? <laughs> I know. And then when I when I start talking or, like, expressing myself, they ju- it, it just becomes so surprising. And they're, like, oh, my God, I would have never even knew. And so that thing goes back to what I was saying in my previous podcast and talking to other hijabis is that we have to be the person to initiate conversations and go up and talk because people are probably, you know, just going to keep assuming and this, this and that and they're not going to be the ones that come up to us and start the conversation. And so if we want to end that negative or false mindset that other people have of us, we kind of have to like put a step forward and be the ones that initiate the conversations. I 100% agree and I've definitely had personal experiences with me going up to somebody and then I like dismantle any of their perceptions that they've had of hijabis. They thought that like hijabis couldn't talk to people until they were married like they couldn't talk to any guys or anything like that's what somebody told me when I talked to them they're like I didn't expect you to be able to come up to me and talk to me I thought like after you get married then that's when you could start just talking to uh, like guys not even like for like anything like like romantic or anything just talking to any guy for any reason so that just made me laugh so hard when I heard that but Yeah, definitely we have to educate for sure. I'm also even thinking of like, where does, where does this even come from? Is it, do they get it from the news or is it an assumption? You know, I don't want to like blame everything. Oh, the media, the media, the media, the news. But really, like where did they get this information from? And I'm kind of wondering because I was even at work one day and... Some people usually are just bold and they'll say whatever they want to say to you. And then some people don't even know how to approach you. And so this lady boldly approached me and I was like checking her out, um, like in the cash register. And she was, she literally told me, she was like, like, oh, wait, like, what what do you have? What are you like wearing like on your head? Like this, this and that. And she was like, oh, yeah, I mean, like, usually women like you are, are like, oppressed, you know, like, from oppressed countries. And she she literally said that, like, I'm not joking. And her daughter was with her, and she was just kind of like, like, mom, like, no, don't say that. Like, let's just go on this. And I was like, like, what do you, what do you tell that woman? I was just kind of, like, smiling and, like, brushing it off. And, like, she assumed that I'm from, like, Pakistan or Iran or... Afghanistan and so I guess they do tie it back to like the news because that's how we are represented in the political eye and on the news of the whole like war and refugees and this and that's just such an outdated image that needs to stop 
and it all goes back to the reason why I created Journal Hijabi. It's kind of like having my own news anchor where hijabis can come on the news and talk about the hijab in the way that it really is in a positive image. Yeah, I 100% agree. I think the only way to like dismantle that image that people already have presented is by is by having representation in spaces and they them seeing more strong hijabis out there. So how is your podcast? I know you've been mentioning your podcast throughout the interview so far. So how is your podcast trying to disconstruct this narrative that's presented about in the media about hijabis? Have you seen any other podcasts in this space to present a positive image of hijabis? Before I created my podcast, I came across a podcast called Salam Girl and I loved how it was it's I think it's two convert uh girls who started uh, a podcast and they're both hijabis and I love the way that they were just like representing themselves and talking about the hijab and connecting with women who wear the hijab and it was just so sweet and cute and I loved it so that's kind of uh my little exposure to like another hijabi podcast and so my podcast, as mentioned a little before, is intended to destruct this false narrative or mainstream narrative of hijabis by giving them the space to speak on their stories and the first time that they wore the hijab. We each have our own unique stories of when we first wore the hijab and it can be interesting for anyone, like girl or guy, to listen to these stories and know more about us because usually in public some people might not know how to approach us and like I was saying before there's kind of two types of people in this situation there's the people who don't know how to approach us so their question never gets answered and they just keep wondering about the hijab and this this and that and then there's people who will just approach you and throw any words or statements that they're feeling that day. So this podcast is was created and is open for hijabi women to be themselves and express their stories and it's really for anyone who is curious to learn more about the woman who wear the hijab. It can be the woman who wore the hijab and decided not to wear it anymore. It can be a young girl who is looking into wearing the hijab and wants more advice or somewhere to connect. It can be a man or a dude, any age, that is curious about the hijab and wants to kind of come in and into a space and hear hijabi women talk and, and be themselves and how it looks like uh, when they represent themselves and how they really are freely like in their personality and everything. And so Journal Hijabi is a free podcast where from a phone, anyone can listen and learn and hopefully get their questions answered. So what would you say, I know we both started our podcast during this pandemic, so what was definitely like the driving point of you starting it now, especially during this pandemic? Was there a reason why you decided to start it now? So Journal Hijabi has an interesting story of how it started. One night around like 1am, that just seems to be like when everyone's creative and up. So one night at 1am, 2am, I came across this ad on Instagram and it was of 
a hijabi. She was like laughing and smiling and playing with elf makeup. It was an elf cosmetics ad. And I remember feeling so content and happy in that moment. Here I am on Instagram at 1am watching the first ad of a hijabi in a well-known company. So then a few days pass by and I was like, I was still thinking about it. I was like, like, oh my god, this made me feel like so good and happy. And And I've never really seen a hijabi like advertised like that. And like, I guess like, like, in a way where like she can fully be herself and express her personality and being advertised on like a well-known company so i asked myself like when is the next time i'm going to see something like this when is the next time i'm going to see a hijabi represented like that so i decided to start something on my own and i went to the notes app on my phone and started writing about what i wanted to do and what ideas i can create and this was actually i started my podcast shortly before the pandemic. I had no idea that the virus was going to spread and I was still going to campus and then it all kind of came together in that moment. I had a lot of time to kind of sit down and think about what I wanted this idea to be during the pandemic. And so a day later, I came up with a name and a podcast and then the Instagram. And from there, I just worked on building the page and recording episodes and essentially creating like a whole platform where hijabis can come and advertise themselves. You know, you can become your own advertisement instead of waiting on a company to recognize you. And so I started Journal Hijabi so hijabis can come and represent themselves authentically and freely i love that i love the idea like behind it and how you're giving a platform for all these hijabis to represent themselves so do you where do you see the podcast going from here i know you started shortly before the pandemic and where it is now where do you hope to see it in the future hopefully i see journal hijabi just steadily growing growing and reaching many different audiences and platforms to spread a positive image of the hijab i hopefully see it growing as a large community that can come together and speak about how the hijab makes them feel empowered and be more appreciating of yourself and the struggles that come that may come with wearing the hijab. I see it growing into a platform that is accepting and where people can just come on and have deep interesting and positive conversations and just grow from there i look forward to like watching like your journey through your podcast and listening to your episodes i've listened to a lot so far and they're really great so i know a lot of what you've focused on currently is like hijabi stories and i know you had a conversation with on one of your podcasts about i believe like racism within the space Do you think that you're going to focus on other social justice issues regarding hijab? Like recently, there was the legalization of banning hijabs in universities and places of higher education uh, in Belgium. Do you feel like that's something that you want to discuss on Instagram and you want to discuss more on, on a podcast episode as well? So this question can have many different answers kind of going each way. And I told myself, like when I was starting Journal Hijabi at the beginning, I was like, I didn't want it 
to get political only because we are already put in a political image and I kind of wanted to dismantle that and just for once have a platform where we can just speak about positive things, positive things and where hijabis just can come and like smile and be happy and see good nice things about hijabis. And then I was like, the reality is that because we're kind of viewed in a political image, things like these are going to come up. And I need to and I have to speak about these things. The racial injustice that black Muslim hijabis are going through. Like that was just something that I needed to and wanted to speak about and I had to speak about. And so things like this are, are gonna come up and have to address them like recently the hijab ban in Belgium and a while ago the murder of the hijabi Aya Hashim may she rest in peace and the murder of Nabra Hassanin may she rest in peace also and also the murder of Yusur and Diya and Razan may they all rest in peace and so you see these hijabis, these women are like me who have gone through things and I need to address this when they come up. So I want Journal Hijabi to dismantle the political war image that is built around hijabis and address any social justice issue that comes up that is related to hijabis all while trying to maintain a positive empowering platform where we talk about our hijab stories and i love that i think sometimes there's a hard line between being political and just doing what's what's right and i think you've definitely found like a good line between the two because i even struggled when i first started my nonprofit and my podcast having that line between being political and saying what's right and what what is needed to be said. Thank you so much for being on, Serene. Can you tell everyone where they can find you? Yes, of course. I loved being on here and talking with you. And for the audience, anyone can find uh, Journal Hijabi on Instagram. It's just Journal Hijabi with no space or hyphen or anything. And you can find Journal Hijabi also on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, in Google Podcasts, and that's just journal at journal hijabi. And soon I will be starting a YouTube channel where I can also upload the audio and video and kind of grow from there. Thank you so much again. It was so nice talking to you and hearing a little bit more about your podcast and how you're making space for hijabis in the podcasting space. Thank you for tuning in and spending this time listening to this episode. If you could take one second to support this podcast by sharing it and leaving an honest review, it would mean so much to me and help us to reach many different audiences to spread our stories about the hijab. Let me know what you thought about this episode and tell me what you want to hear more of. Until next time, never forget the power of being a hijabi. the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Thanks for reaching the end of the episode. We hope you learned something new about the women who wear the hijab. You can watch the recorded video of this episode on YouTube at Journal Hijabi. And be sure to follow our Instagram at Journal Hijabi to stay updated on all things hijabi and help spread our stories. Until next time, never forget the power of being a hijabi.